This car salesman joke is madness, Angel. Over this season, I have attempted to tell this joke, a joke, and I feel like I must say this once again, that people have told me is a perfect joke, a joke they tell me they like. And each week, I think I'll be able to tell it and that you won't interrupt me. So what this... Yo, Matt, I'm really happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish, but Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time. So this was all just an 11-week setup to a Kanye West joke from 2009. Well, uh... Ah, it's the monolith! Hello, and welcome to the season two finale of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. This is Matt once again joined in this metaphorical adventure across this mortal coil by Angel. Are you ready for this season finale? I've been ready for the past however many episodes. <laughs> Last count. I'm like the other uh, Ruguru. I can't count past like four. <laughs> get confused and have to start over. Especially when I throw grains of rice at you. Yeah, then it, oh my god, I just, I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) Before we get into it, I wanted to ask you about something, as you mentioned this to me just a few days ago, and, and now I just need to know more. So about a decade ago, you got heavily into photography. It was a bit of this artistic phase you went through. Sort of changed up your image, the style of clothes. I remember a lot of scarves during that time, so that was kind of neat. So in an effort to push yourself to the edges of the artistic forefront, you tried to get real gritty with your photography. You set out to take pictures of, and I quote, the decaying world we choose to ignore. This entire collection centered on you finding roadkill and taking pictures of it. Tell me how this all went, and what exactly did you learn in this exploration? Well, it all went pretty well, I suppose. I've learned that... There's, it's very easy to find roadkill. <laughs> every every street corner I turn, there's like a dead vulture, a dead cat. Damn. Uh, another vultures. An- <laughs> vultures. <laughs> well, the, the vulture was eating the dead cat, and then it got oh, hit. I guess so. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I really, you know, you mentioned the grittiness. I had black and white film. And the only reason I had black and white film is because I couldn't afford the color film. (laughs) You you were a poor artist. You couldn't go that way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what I've learned is that nothing beats the good old uh, uh, analog photographic paper. All the digital stuff doesn't compare, but that's the only stuff that exists now. And I'm just saddened for the world. And I guess maybe that's... um, an evolution of my uh, art series of the decay of the world. Mm-hmm. And we just choose to ignore it. We embrace change in some of these technologies and say goodbye to our black and white photos, unless it's a filter put on by the digital production of it. Yeah, and even then, it's not quite the same. It's not the same. It's not the same as just going in that dark room, mm-hmm. you know, doing your own film. Yeah. It's just... It's, it's, and it's, you know, it's it's a more precise art because you get to 
pick the parts that you you know cut out and then reimpose anyways um (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to ask you though did you ever think of like posing the roadkill or do you think that would compromise your artistic integrity let me let you in on a little secret there's this uh very thin string that that doesn't show up on camera and i just tie it to one end of a, a like a stick in the ground and then and then tie the other end to another stick somewhere so it's nice and taut and then you just prop the 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 limbs on that string so it looks like they're being held up so like almost as if they're in movement yep yep wow in fact you know i i'm willing to divulge the secret because i am an ethical artist i do this only up to roadkill as opposed to those uh unethical artists out there that are doing the same technique to live animals you know who you are it sort of reminds me of those artists that do like little boxes with mice and then dress up the mice they're like tacked to the wall yeah and, and but yours is like out in nature yeah yeah exactly but that being said why don't we dive into our five our final news articles of the season this first one from you better believe it unexplainedmysteries.com is titled Dream Yields Woman's Winning Lottery Numbers. It goes on to say, A woman from Toronto scooped a 60 million jackpot with numbers picked from the unlikeliest of sources. Deciding on which numbers to pick when buying a lottery ticket can be frustrating, but for long-term lottery player and Toronto resident Dang Pravatotum, this has never been a concern. Rather than struggling to come up with numbers, she has been using ones that came to her husband in a dream 20 years ago and has been playing the lottery with them ever since. At last, her perseverance has paid off big time. I went to the bank to pay some bills and my husband went to check the tickets, she said. When we got to the car, he told me we won the $60 million jackpot. He was serious, not joking, so I knew he was telling the truth. I started to cry. I have always prayed for a blessing that my family would be taken care of. Due to the pandemic, I was laid off last spring, so this money will certainly help make our lives much easier. Precognitive dreams have been around for as long as human civilization. However, it remains unclear whether or not such experiences are due to coincidence or if we really can see future events. According to a 2013 study by the University of Edinburgh's Department of Psychology, as many as one in three people claim to have had a precognitive experience at some point in their lives. Winning the lottery based on precognitive dream, however, is certainly taking things to the next level. So what do you think here, Angel? Dreamt of the numbers 20 years ago, and they finally came true. First of all, the article seems to gloss over the fact it just kind of mentions it in passing. Oh, yeah, the dreams was was had like 20 years ago. Like, that's not an important piece of the information. <laughs> I've, been, I've been playing these dream numbers for 20 years. And they, <laughs> and they, they still haven't come. And now finally they worked. Oh, oh the dream predicted. The dream predicted what? Randomness? <laughs> and and then was it the, the husband that dreamed them, no? And it was the husband. It wasn't even her. What? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Ugh. I, I I just mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no you're growling you're so angry it's it just it just boils my blood I mean how can you claim that's a precognitive dream when I have I've had precognitive dreams where something happens in my dream and it happens the next day not twenty years later 
That's just a coincidence. Oh, I dreamed somebody said hi to me, and finally, 20 years later, some guy said hi to me. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Come on. I'm on the same page as (laughs) as you here, and 20 years later, come on. That's not... (laughs) That's not a dream coming true. That's just a coincidence, a random coincidence happening. And you just <laughs> persevered through the pain of playing 20 years of lottery tickets and not winning until then. Yep. Yep. She got lucky because, you know, those numbers would have come up. If they hadn't come up then, they probably wouldn't have come up in any of her lifetime. It's just completely it's Com- the the thing about the lottery is just complete randomness. People always think they have a system, but it's like no, those same mm. numbers can literally come up the next day again. It's not. It's just random. <laughs> My favorite are like the the lottery ticket pictures posted on online of that each number is one number off. It's like well, you still didn't win. It doesn't matter how close you were. It's yeah. still the wrong numbers. <laughs> it's like oh no, I should have gone one more up on each. <laughs> I should have had completely different numbers and I could have won. (laughs) So our other story is this one is a hell of a headline. It's a Bravo scientists create spinach that can send emails. And this one's also from unexplainedmysteries.com. article goes on to say a recent experiment has produced spinach plants capable of sending information over a network. The unorthodox experiment concerns a relatively niche area of technology research known as plant nanobionics, which combines nanotechnology with plant biology to achieve new things. The study, which was carried out by scientists at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, had initially focused on finding a way to use plants to detect explosives, but later evolved into using them to learn about the environment and to relay that information back to a mobile phone. Here, we demonstrate that living spinach plants can be engineered to serve as self-powered pre-concentrators and auto-samplers of analytes in ambient groundwater and as infrared communication platforms that can send information to a smartphone, the study authors wrote. Obviously, we're not talking about having spinach plants type out an email in the conventional sense. Oh my god. Instead, the fusion of biology and nanotechnology has enabled sensory data from the spinach to be communicated in a way that can be picked up and analyzed by human scientists. Plants are very good analytical chemists, said study lead author Professor Michael Strano. They have an extensive root network in the soil, are constantly sampling groundwater, and have a way to self-power the transport of that water up into their leaves. This is a novel demonstration of how we have overcome the plant-human communication barrier. Perhaps in the future, plants will be used to pick up and relay all sorts of subtle information, keeping us appraised as to the state of our planet in more detail than was ever previously possible. So what do you think of this angel we got? Plants that can talk to us now. Aside from the sensationalist headline, I actually think this is a pretty awesome thing. I I saw a lot of Twitter was alight when this came out and... I ignored it because everyone was making jokes about spinach actually sending them emails about spinach related things. And I was like, that's stupid. I hate everything about the internet. But after, <laughs> but after hearing this, I'm like, yes, this is actually pretty cool. Being able to use uh, the plant's ability of, you know, detecting nutrients and, and everything else in the soil and having what is it nanobots yeah basically yeah nanobionics and yeah. essentially sending information back i mean that's pretty awesome i am all for that 
Yeah, it's like extreme futuristic stuff, I feel like. Uh, and it's just amazing. I feel like in, uh, I don't know how many years, like 10 years from now, just like how big of an impact this could have on the world of better understanding, getting exact information about the soils and plant uh, life and things like that. But the thing I want to know most about, it just glossed over in the article, that initially it was focused on finding a way to use plants to detect explosives. <laughs> what? <laughs> I... <laughs> I mean, again, that sounds very sensationalist, but if you think about it, explosives are just a bunch of chemicals. So if they're going to detect mm-hmm. nutrients in the soil, they could also detect whatever chemical is around them, which would probably mm-hmm. relay, would require a human to understand, oh, this is explosive uh, materials. And I'm, there's still how many minefields around the world yeah. in, heavily, in heavily vegetated areas. So if you could get a plant like... It might be a wrong way of doing it, but the, my first thought was like an invasive species <laughs> to like <laughs> quickly overgrow the area. Maybe not invasive, maybe just the native species. That well, I was going to well. say, because the, then the invasive one finds the explosive and then blows itself up. And then the explosives take care of the invasive species. <laughs> and then you find an invasive animal to eat up the remnants of the invasive plant. I think it's a perfect plan. Hogs, anyone? <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Speaking of hogs, I know this is a little non sequitur, but um, there's another creature that's destroying the environment I saw recently. Cats. No. That's what they what said. What are they doing? Oh, are they like killing birds or like, something? Yeah, maybe, possibly, but like stray cats. Mm, there's a lot of them. Yeah. I think, I feel like they should fight the, the, the hogs. I thought you were going to say about the pigs that you were taking pictures of the roadkill that you found on the side of the road. Well, well, the thing about that is I did, but then they'd get up and leave, and I'm like, they weren't dead. Oh, they were. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. I mean, they were just resting there, really. Yeah. Getting their strength back. Damn. Or they came back to life. I don't know. Because they look pretty dead. <laughs> I also thought you were going to say that the pictures didn't develop. <laughs> they did it. Because they were still alive. Oh, no. And I'm like, what? It's worse. <laughs> No, like you took the picture, you get into the the dark room, and the camera didn't work. It did it on those pigs? It didn't, I just yeah. got a big blur. <laughs> Son of a gun! Now they I understand know. the Bigfoot uh, photographers. No, <laughs> <laughs> you knew all along the the plight of the uh, cryptid photographer. Yep. So with those life changing stories out of the way, let's set our focus on our season two season finale. It's been a long journey to get here, Angel. We survived journeys to Japan, the Mm -hmm. Bayou, the Everglades, Scorpion Pits, I think. Um, There's an episode where my kidney was stolen by a lady from Craigslist. That happened. We never talked about it ever again. (laughs) No. I'm rubbing my scar right now. We learned about Akbar and Jehoshaphat, two aliens who have been helping a psychic medium talk to a crystal skull. So much has happened this season. It's been crazy. Yeah, and you still have that airboat. <laughs> oh no, I'm trying to get rid of it. It's, just, it's I'm getting parking tickets on it now. I just <laughs> looking back, there's one mystery that I think reinvigorated the world, Angel. It put a bit of an extra pep in everyone's step during the craptastic journey that was 2020. I'm of course talking about the monolith mystery of 2020 we followed the story for a bit and featured it as a weekly news item a few times and more and more of these things that just kept popping up around the world but then almost as it had appeared the story i think just disappeared into the ether 
And to me, that is, I think, one of the most fascinating things about the entire story. The way I think of it, Angel, that we were actively following the story for a bit, and I'm always on weird websites looking for news articles and doing research, and I honestly never saw a conclusion to all of this, did you? I did not, no. Yeah, it, it just stopped being reported, I felt like. Almost as the people were being told not to. <laughs> Do not report it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and thank you for the. This is the end of the episode on the monolith, right? <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> Can't talk about it anymore. So in an effort to recap exactly what the hell happened, what some of the theories were, and ultimately what actually was the purpose of it all, we give you the monolith episode. So to start us off, Angel, I have to ask you, do you remember where you were when you saw the news break of the monolith? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was in my, my room my apartment you know i thought you were gonna say your bunker yeah no this is, this is before the bunker <laughs> yeah. and you haven't left since <laughs> i have a vivid memory i was eating dinner it was a chilly november evening the passing day after passing day of waning daylight was weighing heavily on my mind and i got a phone notification monolith appears in utah desert it says i drop my phone and i start to stammer my my wife grabbed my hand and I say to her, it's happening. And she says, what's happening? You're scaring me. And I respond, my voice almost breaking in the moment, it. Anyways, that's how I remember it going down. My Swiss cheese memory sometimes fills the, fills in the blanks with things. You know how it is. <laughs> I wish I had that remember, remembrance. <laughs> you know what I have a flawless memory of though, Angel? What? Cotton Eye Joe's razor, the axiom that states, for something to have come from somewhere, it must therefore go somewhere. I really thought you would get it that time that I was leading up to that. <laughs> Never do. But Always nope, catch nope. me off guard. <laughs> so where exactly did the monolith come from? I think right off the bat, Angel, I got some beef with the 2020 monolith. You know what that is? Um, Beef? Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> you know. Is it me? <laughs> You got problems with people. It's a food. Do you know what my beef is with the monolith, though? I do not. The damn thing isn't a monolith. <laughs> so even my arch enemy, Dictionary.com, agrees with me on this, Angel. As a monolith is a single piece of rock, hence, you know, the word monolith. Yeah. So everything that popped up around this craze was metal, and they weren't even single pieces of metal. Usually they're just sheets um put together to form a standing object am i crazy to point this out at all angel no in fact um even the wikipedia article the sentence was like these uh structures that are being reported as monoliths kind of like with this <laughs> you know pretentious tone of come on guys we know better than this <laughs> i don't I, I don't know how it like even came about really like the naming of it just, it just happened and took over. Yep, yeah, yeah. It was just like a, a viral effect. Mm -hmm. I think I'm willing to let this misnomer slide as my blood pressure is already going through the roof <laughs> on this subject. And we haven't gotten past the word monolith. So I think in classic Crack Encrypteds and Curios fame, we have to first look at some obscure history to really get a sense of what the hell is going on here. So monoliths or obelisks or menhirs However you want to classify them, 
They all go back into human history. They go way back. They all have multiple purposes, usually dealing with religion, worship, burial markers, built just to show how you could build something imposing and cool-looking. Monoliths, I think, were basically antiquities skyscrapers. Someone builds a 40-foot high one, and then some dude's like, I can make a bigger one, and then he makes a 50-foot one. So, to outdo everyone, Pharaoh Thutmose III in the 1400s BC initiated in the creation of a 105-foot-tall one weighing around 455 U.S. tons, or 413 metric tons. This one has a bit of a neat story, Angel, but the best part is that in the mid-300s A.D., Roman Emperor Constantius II, not on my list of emperors I hate, he saw it in Egypt and was like, cool, that's mine now. And then he had it moved from Egypt to Rome. And this is the last time I'll mention him for this season, but damn it, Pliny the Elder. He shows his soon-to-be-killed-by-a-volcano face once more. He actually wrote about how these things are transported from Egypt to Rome as they were there are at least eight of these obelisks that were transferred. One of the boats was so large that when they were done with it, they filled it with rocks and cement to start the foundations of a freaking harbor. So we got these giant, glaringly phallic symbols popping up throughout all of antiquity. I want you to put yourself in the sandals of a dude 3,000 years ago, Angel. What is the purpose of the monolith you want to build and do you go the thutmose the third route and just build the biggest one no i don't because i like to be uh, subtle i like to come up from the shadows like <laughs> a monolith would when the sun is rising <laughs> i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to i'm being subtle here <laughs> You're cryptic. You got the cryptic <laughs> monolith. You see. So your monolith would just be a shadow. It would be no. It would it it would cast a shadow, so that I could always find true north. At the right time. <laughs> if you're standing by your monolith. Well, yes. And it was the right time. <laughs> could you use your Roman dodecahedron to do that too? Uh yeah. I just looked at <laughs> a little hole. Yep. <laughs> just the right one. So would that be like a companion item to your monolith? I think they're all related, yes. In fact, I'd put a little dodecahedron at the tip. Gosh. It, that sort of reminds me of like the scene. I can't remember which Indiana Jones movie it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's like a little town that they're putting like a staff in or something. Yep. And they move the light. It, I picture that happening with your monolith. That's exactly what I want to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little treasure room with your monolith. Yep. I think I would want my obelisk to just be tiny and hidden. So say like two feet tall and it would be a secret one out in the woods, maybe just off the beaten path. Typically monoliths and or just obelisks in antiquity had like a pyramid point on the top. So my tiny obelisk would be chilling out in the woods and then overgrowth would consume it over time and become very hard to see, but still close enough to the path that maybe someone can fall on it. So then my obelisk has a chance to impale a falling traveler a few hundred years after its construction, Angel. I'm a simple man. That's my obelisk dream. I'm starting to see a pattern with your your dreams here. A lot, a lot of you wanna, killing. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? The cursed, um, your curse? Your, your... Oh, my couch. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, it was cursed to kill them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <guess> you're right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so let's not focus too much on these old obelisks and my dreams of killing, <laughs> or we will have another two and a half hour megasode like John Titer. I just wanted to set the stage for what I think they are. And I also think that there is something really neat about them in general. They are so basic from an architectural view that they are, you know, they're not some ornate design. They almost look alien or primordial. And it, it's sort of hard to explain that notion too. One of the first things I think of is something like HP Lovecraft. Like the, the design is so basic, but it has this imposing nature uh, to it that makes it like mysterious and old godish. So w- would you agree with that? Or are you on a compl- completely different wavelength on monoliths here? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. They're just... There's just something about them that makes them look, like, mysterious. Yeah. And I think this is backed up a little bit, too, by the love of supposed monoliths on Mars and on its moon Phobos. So we we get an image of a rock from an orbiting camera 180 miles uh, up above the planet, and the first thing that people do is instantly think it's aliens. So what do you think of the Martian monoliths? Those are like the first, my top uh, things that I'm on the priority list. I have here uh, Monolith on Mars and its moon, Phobos. So it me- that means it's important. <laughs> mm-hmm. they mu- they're clearly u- communication stations. Yeah, you know, the Mars one communicates with the one on Phobos. In fact... Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. In fact, it looks like... Um, we were trying we haven't done this yet but there's a proposed um mission to phobos uh titled prime as in phobos reconnaissance and international mars exploration where the it's a badass title prime yeah, <laughs> the, <laughs> brought to you by amazon <laughs> the the the, the, pro- the proposed landing site by optech and mars institute is supposed to be nearby the the monolith which leads me to believe that maybe that that's also used for landing sites amongst the extraterrestrials. You know, there is a part of me that wants to X-Files this angel. I want to believe. <laughs> and we've talked about it before. The goddamn Galactic Federation on this show. <laughs> and, you know, it's supposedly a grouping of aliens who have a base on Mars and have some sort of influence over global politics. So maybe they could be the originators of those otherworldly monoliths mm-hmm. maybe maybe <laughs> and of course i think uh, it would be a disservice to have this conversation without mentioning arthur clark's space odyssey stories and the movie it spawned it created a i think created a special place for monoliths in culture so we have the 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 classic apes you know going crazy around this alien monolith and it like supposedly jump starts humanity and they start like beating the hell out of each other. Well, see, interesting thing about that is that that's implied that that monolith can somehow transmit some sort of information to those apes to essentially jumpstart um, that evolution. Because I have a similar theory coming up. Ooh, it's a spicy theory, I think, <laughs> coming from you here soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fast forward to 2020, and we are in the midst 
of a pandemic. Nightly news is rampant with election and COVID news, and then along comes this little wonder. A metal object is found in a desert, and the world has a ray of hope outside of the pandemic. I don't know about you, Angel, but this almost felt like the second coming of John Titor in a way. And by that, I mean a weird a weird thing going viral, like truly viral, uh, that was really intriguing. So what did you make of it when it first appeared? Well, I mean, it's the first... I feel like everyone thought the same thing. You hear about this monolith that just showed up. Nobody knows what, what it, mm-hmm. uh, where it came from. Nobody knows anything about it. Nobody's coming out right away and claiming... Uh, taking credit of course the first thing is like it's got to be aliens <laughs> like who who could have done this it, it just looks yeah so mysterious and it's like the the helicopter crew coming down yeah, it's yeah. crazy and, yeah and it's like it's not the bighorn sheep like come on they're not gonna create this thing <laughs> what if it was what if it was <laughs> well <laughs> the, the semi-immortal goat people's <laughs> don't want to angry them <laughs> we don't speak of them no since since that fateful day that the first monolith was found over 100 different monoliths have appeared since let's look back at the one that started it all so get that detective hat on one more time and i'm returning your badge since i confiscated it in the Bassano episode angel okay you you are back on the force <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> oh god not with that voice <laughs> you can't redeem yourself that's the indiana jones voice again it's coming back <laughs> on on november 18th we got reports from a helicopter crew who are doing research on bighorn sheep like you said angel in utah's red rock country now i've seen it reported as being anywhere between 9 and 12 feet tall the monolith but they find a metal structure in a canyon Supposedly, the Utah Department of Public Safety did not want to tell of the exact location as they feared people would get injured trying to get to it. But that won't stop people when a mystery is at foot. However, there wasn't much time to take a look in person, as by November 27th, it was being removed by an unknown party. So that was nine days of craziness. Nine days for people to go bonkers with theories. So let's run a few of them down. It should be stated, though, that apparently some others already put their detectives' hats on, Angel, as investigations into Google Earth of the area indicates it was erected between August 2015 and October 2016. Time to head to Theorytown. You ready? Very ready. The first one, we gotta do it, aliens. (laughs) We have to go there again, but this time, Angel, it's not ancient aliens. This is... I guess modern aliens. AJ? So <laughs> is he considered ancient or modern? I don't know. Who knows? Or are they? <laughs> Only the medium can tell us, I guess. <laughs> so the basic idea was that the aliens placed the structure there, possibly as a beacon of sorts or a marker for something. Related to this also, I saw uh, aspects of rather than aliens, it was the reptilians that could have placed it possibly as a marker to show an underground base that was nearby. So if it was alien or reptilian in nature, what do you think the purpose of it could be, Angel? Well, I mean, they've got one on Mars and on Phobos. Now they need to colonize this planet as well. Damn. (laughs) Simple, Mm -hmm. you know, just do the math. (laughs) But what if it was was the reptilians then? 
No, they're not smart enough. They can't do it. No, <laughs> they don't. No. No. They're too busy in their tunnels. They don't come to the surface. <laughs> exactly. They they're, they're, un- they're underground dwellers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got time for that. They're doing other things. <laughs> in an article from Express, a UK site, they wrote, One alien hunter believes there is a chance the structure was taken by the U.S. military, so it could be analyzed at the secretive Area 51. So prominent conspiracy theorist Scott C. Waring gave his theories on where the monolith vanished to. And he has three points that he makes. His first one is, I place an 80% chance it was stolen due to its fame and the government saying it wants theirs. So it will soon be sold anonymously at Christie's Auction House. Cheeky little thought, I guess. The second one is, I place a 15% chance that men in black or government workers dressed in black military outfits and black trucks came and removed the object for fear it's an actual alien probe or ship. NASA space probes are hollow. This monolith is said to have sounded hollow. Taken to Area 51 to cut it open and try to find out what it is and if any of its technology could be useful to the U.S. military. So, Angel, if you're doing your math, that is only 95%. Let's see what the last percentage can be. I place a 5% chance on this actually being an alien ship or probe and that the object itself has moved its location because the pilot who had walked away from it may have looked human and was mingling and living in the city not far away and thought its desert location was safe (laughs) to leave the ship. So what are your initial thoughts on Warring's percentage chances for the monolith? That last one, kind of very plausible considering that this thing has been there for four years without being noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was safe. It's safe to leave his <laughs> spaceship out there in the, in the desert. Yeah. Um, although although the, the only thing that bothers me is soon after, a bunch of others start cropping up. So it, that can't be the reason because he's not going to move it. This, this alien pilot is not going to move it because all these other ones are suddenly popping up. There's no reason to be afraid of being discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that was a cover. Just like throw so many monoliths out there, it confuses people. Maybe. <laughs> For the one true alien ship that was out there. <laughs> the men in black. Yeah, just that the men in black showed up and took it because they just thought it, it, it could be a real alien ship. And they're like, we got to take it. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking that... Um, it's not related to this, but it's to the to the percentages. But it makes me w- wonder, like, if NASA's handling all this, what exactly is the Space Force doing? <laughs> like, I don't think they know what they're doing, <laughs> what their purpose is. I mean, isn't this exactly what they were created for? Come on, Space Force. This was your one chance to shine, and the freaking Utah Public Safety <laughs> Department took over instead. Next theory that we have is the movie-related theory. So this has two parts. The first being that it could have been a prop left behind from some production company for a movie that was filming in the area. Apparently, it is a somewhat used area for movies and TV shows, but a search of productions that would have been there in the area either years before to present day didn't have anything that would have been related to this type of structure. They wouldn't have featured this in their show. The other aspect 
is that it was some sort of marketing stunt for an upcoming movie. And I think even when we first talked about it, this was the first thing that came to my mind. And there's supposedly a new Cloverfield movie coming out. This would have been a perfect fit for that, I'm sure. So what are your thoughts on one of these options of it was a leftover movie prop or for viral marketing? Well, I mean, how how sure can these people be that the things that were filmed in that area would not have this structure in there at all? I mean, mm-hmm. they did they go through everything? Did they watch the movies? <laughs> yeah. Did they say, where exactly is... Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Go through the deleted scenes. There could have been a, a whole monolith subplot that yeah. deleted from a movie. It could have been just a... a, a you know, it's just a little fun thing to throw in in a rom-com. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there's it, that you said that I'm reminded. I can't remember what movie it was and I didn't see it. It was just like some movie I saw on like a list of crazy things done in movies. And it was uh, this movie that it really d- didn't have anything to do with it. But like in the background, whenever there was a laptop or like news article or newspaper, it kept talking about this like alien invasion that was going on <laughs> as this movie was going on unrelated to it in the background uh it wasn't related to the plot at all there was a, a, an alien invasion like everyone else was going nuts and like <laughs> these characters are just doing their own shit oh my god <laughs> so it could have been for that <laughs> could have been i mean i'm also it's funny that you because what you said reminded me of something that's not un, not not completely related at all but it's like it's like that idea of some strange subplots that weren't possible possibly mm-hmm. weren't even intended i'm i'm remembering an episode of community and i have them on dvd so you can hear the the uh, the, the the commentary <laughs> and you can hear one of the the i think it was a the director or or the, the writer or the, i forget who and he noticed something going on in the background while the scene was going on. He's like, "What? what is that? We didn't approve of that. And they were so mad when they saw it because <laughs> what, what had happened was um, some guy, there was like a, uh, in the background, there was like a, a door. The door opens and out comes a girl and she's like wiping her mouth and she walks away. Oh. And then like, and like, a, and like five seconds later comes out a dude and he's zipping up his pants. <laughs> oh. And he, and the guy was so mad. He's like, what? We, we we kept that in. Like, how did we not spot that? Mm-hmm. And this is like for it's, it's, it's funny how things can like sneak in, in the background of what yeah. extras do when <laughs> they get not noticed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it could very well possibly you know that structure could have just shown up in something for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Doesn't just because mm-hmm. it's not like oh we looked at the list of things that were filmed there and they none of them are sci-fi related. Well, that doesn't mean yeah. anything. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I also just like love in general the idea that it was just left over from a movie. Like some prop manager sees the story, hit the news, and like, breaks out in a heavy sweat. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, sh- oh, shit. I never took the monolith down. Like in my head, that would be the greatest outcome for all this. He's thinking, <laughs> I had one job. <laughs> I know. Damn it, Steve. I told you to take the monolith down. <laughs> the next theory we have is the art installation theory it's it's a simple theory in that it was just out, put out there as some sort of uh, art installation this happens all the time some sort of art project for awareness of some sort and the idea here is that it was placed in this remote area 
to one day be found in support of a cause like environmentalism or the idea that you know like man will forever be a part of nature with the construction of this item in such a remote place so an article in the new york times linked it to the artist john mccracken it goes on into this very long story about how one night john was talking to his son they're sitting outside and he mentioned that he would love to put his art somewhere out in the world to be discovered later on john mccracken was described as not like other dads as he believed alien races had come to visit earth the gallery associated with the late artist at first claimed it was his work but then other gallery workers said it was probably someone paying homage to him so how about this art theory angel do you think it it's plausible i i mean it's plausible i just don't like it i mean i can mm. i'm i'm imagining you know prehistoric age cavemen drawing on the walls thinking to themselves somebody in the future is going to see this and i'm going to be known uh -huh. forever like come on it's like you don't need to put a structure there to be like oh somebody's going to find it in the future and 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 you know it's going to remind everyone that man and nature are connected and look, you don't need to do that we have we have that already like that's already happening yep. Let me chew this red root and put my hand in the wall and blow it, and then it's going to stay here for 60,000 years. It's going to be baller. <laughs> going through the theories that we've gone through so far, I think this one's probably the most plausible, and I think you being a photographer on the forefront of the artistic horizon, I, I thought you'd agree. <laughs> Just because I take pictures doesn't mean I like art. It's just you're good at it, and God damn it, you have to do it. It's yep. your burden to yeah, bear I just, I to just, yeah, just gotta do take it. pictures of dead animals. <laughs> you have to express yourself sometimes, and that's your only outlet, I think. Besides, you know the other one thousand and twelve other hobbies you have. <laughs> you know you gotta stay busy. You know, the downside to this, at least being a McCracken original, is that he uh, he died in two thousand eleven. So the Google Earth imagery would say that it could not have been him if it would only first appeared in 2015 and 16. The timeline does not add up. Or does it? What if, I mean, he could have done a some sort of delayed release. So you put in the canyon with your monolith like some sort of like reddish tarp so that it blends in with the um, <laughs> with the surrounding area. And then upon, you know, six years later or so, however long you want your release to be. Yeah. It, it releases, and then your monolith appears. You, you trick Google Earth. So, so you're saying it, it, it uncovered itself, and then still nobody mm -hmm. noticed it until, until then, last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe those sheep, that wasn't a normal place for the sheep to go, because I suppose that's really the only reason it was even found, was... Uh, I believe one of the biologists on the helicopter like saw a, the sun reflecting off him. It was like, hmm, what's that? And told the pilot to turn back around to go look at it. So I think even finding it this year was just a a chance happening. Maybe. If you're, if you're to believe that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the next one I have is just the, the plain old hoax theory that it's one symbol. Someone just put it out there to mess with people. So sort of like the same vein as crop circles, if you believe that those are just hoaxes as well. I've, I've seen enough 1995 
Fox Channel, <laughs> Jonathan Frakes specials on crop circles to believe that they probably aren't real. I mean, they're real, just not aliens. No, yeah, not <laughs> aliens. Yeah. No, maybe I, I stand by my statement. They're not real. <laughs> they it's never existed. <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors on the corn. It's all fact or fiction. <laughs> what does he say? Um, have you ever walked in the moonlight? <laughs> <laughs> Any theories that you wanted to bring to the table before we delve into where did it go? Well, I'd like to believe that this obelisk monolith thing, the Utah one, was placed there, like they say, four years ago. And it was some kind of beacon, but not a beacon outwards. It was a beacon <laughs> inwards that uh, spread out throughout oh. uh, uh, the earth. And it wasn't like a, a specific beacon, but it was more like it released something maybe bacteria or, or some kind of a virus no yeah. <laughs> oh, not, oh no <laughs> no, no I'm, not, I'm not saying it's the pandemic virus this okay. is completely unrelated so uh, have you seen the movie bird box the um, sandra bullock one yeah no <laughs> okay. so it was a build a long build up to say no <laughs> so essentially this thing happens where people witness something and they either die from it or, or or it drives them crazy enough that they will end up killing themselves or they they become like fanatical and they want others to convert right so it's like oh you gotta look at it kind of thing and if you do look at it you either convert mm -hmm. or you're like oh my god and you end up killing yourself whatever so i feel like this monolith thing was doing something similar where Whoever was nearby would either get the information in their brain to then do something or it wouldn't affect them at all. Like, they're just immune. So maybe it was affecting the bighorn sheep. And eventually, they they some of them got the message. And because they, they work in herds, they have to, the right sheep has to get the, the message. Like the alpha one. The one that leads the rest kind of thing. So finally, one receives it. And it happens to be last year, and they start hurting the 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 the, the rest of the sheep in that area mm -hmm. where the helicopter then sees it. They go down, and now those people receive this message. Oh, now that they they've received this go message, go back into society. Yep. They can spread everything else, and that's why when this thing, being unnoticed for four years, finally gets noticed in December, all of a sudden, in December we have boatload of monoliths just popping up after this i mean there's a whole wiki page that like just lists plus. a ton of them <laughs> and all of them from within november to december to even some of uh january 2021 people still popping up monoliths and just for all sorts of reasons i still don't know what why this monolith is producing this effect but I, I believe that Utah was the source of the virality. <laughs> it's sort of like implants this desire in other people to propagate itself. Yeah. To continue making other monoliths throughout the world. And then more people see it. And then they got to, yep. they have to, they feel compelled <laughs> yes. to create 
further monoliths and then it's like it, it takes over everyone's mind like a collective consciousness of build more monoliths yeah and so the opposite effect is that it's like just like uh as i said in bird box you have those that feel compelled to build it and then the others that get this effect they get the opposite where they're like we gotta take it down and they just get full of rage and they have to just take the damn thing down that's why a lot of them are just disappearing (laughs) and i have one to outline of very vehemently taken down too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean people got pissed off at the monoliths (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that is that is my theory i like it it's compelled itself upon us and um it did its it did its, its work we yep. might not fully understand it but by god it did it <laughs> as i said earlier the original monolith was taken away on november 27th so what the heck happened photographer ross bernard just happened to be on site when the monolith saw its demise in an instagram post he wrote If you're interested in what exactly happened to the monolith, keep reading, because I was literally there. On Friday, three friends and myself drove these six hours down to the middle of nowhere in Utah and got to the trailhead around 7 p.m. after passing a sea of cars on the way in. We passed one group as we hiked towards the mysterious monolith, while another group was there when we arrived, and they left pretty quickly after we got there. For the next hour and 40 minutes, we had the place to ourselves. I had just finished taking some photos of the monolith under the moonlight and when I was taking a break, thinking about about settings I needed to change for my last battery of drone flight when we heard some voices coming up the canyon. We were contemplating packing up our things as they walked up so they could enjoy it for themselves like we did. At this point, I looked down at my watch, and it was 8.40 p.m. Four guys rounded the corner, and two of them walked forward. They gave a couple of pushes on the monolith, and one of them said, You better have your pictures. (laughs) He then gave it a big push, and it went over, leaning to one side. He yelled back to his other friends that they didn't need the tools. The other guy with him at the monolith then said, This is why you don't leave trash in the desert. Then all four of them came up and pushed it almost to the ground on one side before they decided to push back the other when it then popped out and landed on the ground with a loud bang. They quickly broke it apart and as they were carrying to the wheelbarrow that they had brought, one of them looked back at us all and said, leave no trace. It was 848. If you're asking why we didn't stop them, well, they were right to take it out. We stayed the night and the next day hiked to a hilltop overlooking the area where we saw at least 70 different cars and a plane in and out. Cars parking everywhere in the delicate desert landscape. Nobody following a path or each other. We could literally see people trying to approach it from every direction to try and reach it, permanently altering the untouched landscape. Mother Nature is an artist. It's best to leave the art in the wild to her. So much for that alien guy's theory that the government took it away, right, Angel? (laughs) Yeah. I, I think it's kind of fishy. That there was a photographer there the same time it was taken down, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, like, it's like a lot of these videos that that get uploaded on the internet where, like, something's happening. And I think, how did this person think no to to put the the video on? Like, how did he, what Mm -hmm. made this person start recording? 
It's like the, I think there's a subreddit, like, why were they filming? <laughs> like, <laughs> just videos of, like, why the hell is this being filmed? Uh-huh. And mostly because it's um, set up. <laughs> In an Instagram post on December 1st, 2020, from adventure guide Sylvan Christensen, this was said. We removed the Utah monolith because there are clear precedents for how we share and standardize the use of our public lands, natural wildlife, native plants, fresh water sources, and human impacts upon them. The mystery was the infatuation, and we want to use this time to unite people behind the real issues here. We are losing our public lands. Things like this don't help. Let's be clear. The dismantling of the Utah monolith is tragic, and if you think we're proud, we're not. We're disappointed. Furthermore, we're too late. We want to make clear that we support art and artists, but legality and ethics have defined standards, especially here in the desert, and absolutely so in adventuring. The ethical failures of the artist for the 24-inch equilateral gouge in the sandstone from the erecting of the Utah monolith was not even close to the damage caused by the internet, sensationalism, and subsequent reaction from the world. This land wasn't physically prepared for the population shift, especially during a pandemic. People arrived by car, by bus, by van, helicopter, planes, trains, motorcycles, and e-bikes, and there isn't even a parking lot. There aren't bathrooms, and yes, pooping in the desert is a misdemeanor. There was a lot of that. There are no marked trails, no trash cans, and it's not a user group area. There are no designed campsites. Each and every user on public land is supposed to be aware of the importance and relevance of this information and the laws associated with them. Because if you did, anyone going out there and filming the monolith and monetizing it without properly permitting the use of the land would know that's an offense too. Hashtag Utah monolith. Hashtag leave no trace. So I ask you, Angel, we know the old saying, pooping at the party, but now we got pooping in the desert. (laughs) <laughs> and is pooping in the desert really a misdemeanor? What do you think of all this? That that person sure sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, just hearing that, and I just want to punch. <laughs> like, please just start shut, hitting. Like, like, shut up. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care. <laughs> I know. Like it. It very. I think while good intentioned. It, the post really comes off as just holier than thou. Yeah. And just an overall killjoy yeah. of the moment. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I don't I don't like it. It comes, it rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> the, the same day the original was taken away, like a teacher saying to the class, because this one kid is talking, now everyone has to sit in silence. A new one was found, this time in Romania. An angel... This one had fancy swirls on it. So do swirls make it better in your opinion? I I think they do. I mean, did, have you seen the pictures of it? I think. At first when I saw it, I thought like it was scuffed up. But then as the camera got closer, oh, yeah, it's, I guess it's designs. <laughs> so I've been to like the, the art district here in South Florida. Ooh, fancy. They have like uh, sculptures here and there just hanging about. And they have a lot of metallic sculptures. And whenever I see a metallic sculpture with designs on it, like swirls like that, I know that it's got some sort of texture. And I am just compelled to touch it and run my fingers over it. I want to do that with the monolith in Romania. Because mm-hmm. I just want to see how it feels, all those swirls. And I think it'll uh, communicate something. 
As we've learned in your hobbies, you're a very tactile man. You got to be touching. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so you think if you if you were to touch it, it could convey information to you? Yes. Uh, to build more monoliths out there. Probably. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about it. I want to build one now. <laughs> <laughs> we need a not a field trip, but like a group project. <laughs> build a monolith. Maybe I'll take that up as a hobby. <laughs> monolith building <laughs> and not this metal garbage a true uh, one single stone monolith i'm gonna melt down on my on my garbage and just make a monolith out of <laughs> you're them. gonna make a garbage monolith yes like a compost heap monolith <laughs> that'd be fun yep once it degrades it helps nobody can monolith cl- that actually helps yeah nobody can claim that it uh got taken away it's still there <laughs> So this one appears on the 27th of November and then vanishes December 1st. The next day in sunny Atacerdo, California, our third one shows up, this time without swirls. This one promptly gets torn down, and in its place, a wooden cross is put up. So that's that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. (laughs) Three guys from Orange County, referring to themselves as military veterans, live stream themselves destroying the monolith, replacing it with a large wooden cross and chanting, Christ is King. Members of the group are also heard singing country songs and were heard saying, we don't want illegal aliens from Mexico or outer space. The group's chants and slang suggest that they were part of an alt-right white nationalist group, a wiki article mentions. It doesn't take long for racists to ruin things, I suppose, right, Angel? <laughs> Well, I think I think this is fascinating because something as simple and as completely as benign, benign as, the as a monolith, and and then you can get so much insight, like uh, on people. Like I've learned about the the sticklers to the rules. I've learned about the racists now. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> what else is there? Yeah, no pooping in the damn desert. And then these guys <laughs> say apparently they don't want anyone here that isn't white. I mean, if. If this is if this was an art project, I would say it is the most successful one because it's eliciting <laughs> the most varied response from a different wide uh, a wider group of people. Yeah, what's the term that was hip from like the early two thousands? That social experiment. Like, <laughs> it <Yeah>. worked. <laughs> this is a social experiment. <laughs> You're on camera. It's a social experiment. <laughs> oh yeah, and you were racist the whole time. Damn. <laughs> I guess, what do you make of the installation and just like rather quick dismantling of these two? Well, I, I, I do think it's that they get angry. But what I wonder is the first one wasn't found for four years. The next ones mm-hmm. that come uh, are popping up, I guess they're in a highly visible location yeah. that they're getting taken down so quickly. Yeah, and it, takes, it just takes like either the local government or one pissed off person to come by and and, and receive it its uh, electric magnetic <laughs> feedback pulse <laughs> to then say, damn it, I got to go build more. <laughs> or damn it, I got to take it down. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, it's binary. It's one or the other. Yep. So this all begins on November 18th. And by December 3rd, it becomes what one would expect. Time to try and cash in on the craze. But from the least likely of culprits, Grandpa <laughs> Joe's candy shop. So, Grandpa Joe's tweeted out on December 3rd, first Utah, then Romania. Now a mystery monolith appears in hashtag Pittsburgh, hashtag Strip District, in front of Grandpa Joe's candy shop at 
kdka at wtae at wpxi hashtag monolith so clearly trying to get attention here never did i think the capitalization of the monolith would come so quickly and from grandpa joe's candy shop what do you make of this quick turnaround into marketing i'm not surprised mm-hmm. um I'm surprised it didn't happen the next damn day <laughs> i i guess people were waiting to see how viral the thing became i mean mm-hmm. it surprisingly took a, a while before somebody opened up a covid19 store so yeah i've seen those it's <laughs> sort of like weird like yeah it doesn't work because you know. yeah <laughs> yeah but you know there's always going to be somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> and this time around it was grandpa joe's candy shop in pittsburgh <laughs> and overnight the night that they put it out it was stolen so (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can't even write this stuff this good (laughs) and then we have it i think our true villain of the story because every good story needs a villain we've spoken about him before old maddie (laughs) moe with the most famous artist collective now i really don't know much about this guy and he really isn't the villain of the story but the things he says really help shape him that way I found an article on insider.com, and these are some of the highlights. So it says, The most famous artist, an artist collective founded by Maddie Mo, announced it is selling monoliths for $45,000 each, <laughs> prompting people to suspect it is behind the mysterious monoliths around the world and labeling it as monoliths as a service, a parody of the tech world. Okay. <laughs> Neither the collective nor Mo himself have explicitly claimed credit for creating the monolith. And Mo said on a recent Instagram live broadcast that he didn't do the monolith, but he didn't not do the monolith. Mo told Insider he could confirm that we have installed monoliths, but that for legal reasons, he couldn't say more. Mo also told Insider that the most famous artist is currently working on mini monies, aiming <laughs> to produce 333 of them to sell for $3,333.33 each. There's also a hidden Easter egg around Donald Trump and the 45th president in there, he added. I'm guessing the price tag of $45,000 on the monoliths that they were selling. To me, it looks like they were just like Grandpa Joe's, just trying to get into the craze and get noticed. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the of this most famous artist involvement? Like, what do you think of this? What they were doing? I mean, it's it's just. I can only I just picture the conversation. I mean, this guy. It's like hi hi there. Name's Maddie Mo. Ask me why my friends call me Maddie Mo. Why? Because I want more monolith, more money. <laughs> More mini monies. <laughs> More mini monies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just so pretentious to me. Yeah. It, yeah. It's the, it's the price tag that really that. Like, I, I can't. And it's it's completely for this reason. They put a price tag that high to get people to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And to be like, ooh, why is that $45,000? This must be something to talk about. But mm-hmm. it's not. It's just it's just bullshit is what it is yeah it's a it's a critique on capitalism because people don't talk about it until uh-huh. you see monies <laughs> well as as you said it's a parody of the tech world uh-huh as as an artist i'm sure you can appreciate appreciate that right <laughs> so 
possibly another group that tried to capitalize on the moment were the comedians on the Netflix show Auntie Donna's <laughs> Big Ol' House of Fun. In a video released on YouTube, the channel I Did a Thing worked in collaboration with them and implies that they had ties to the original and Romanian monoliths and then chronicles their adventure with Auntie Donna to get another one done in Australia. There is a part where they show a Google Maps overlay of the monoliths that have been found, and they form an A for Auntie Donna. So what do you make of their claim, Angel? I have a bone to pick with these guys. I, First of all, I guess I did a thing is a popular YouTube channel. I'm not. Yeah, it was the first time I heard of it was in relation to this monolith. <laughs> And I'm on YouTube a lot. <laughs> me, me too. And I see that video, that monolith video, has 3 million views at least. At least since we recorded this. Mm-hmm. Um, Our algorithms are off. <laughs> these <laughs> these guys, you know, they're talking about, they don't come right out and say, but they, it's kind of, like you said, it's implied that they're the ones responsible for all the monoliths somehow. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's the at idea. At least the original in Romanian. Yeah, and that's the kind of the idea that, that, that is trying to be conveyed but it's like a promotion for their show on netflix and it kind of reminds me of like the the grandpa joe's candy shack mm-hmm. it's like i don't see the connection like what does the monolith have to do with candy i watched an episode of their show and i just don't understand like how is the monolith a promotion for this show like there's nothing about anything here the show itself is, I mean, it's it's like a comedy show. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 unrelenting. <laughs> it's it's in your face all. What is it? Thirty minutes of it, I think it was, or maybe longer. I don't know. I felt like a long time. Some, you know, when you're doing that much, that and that amount of time, there's bound to be some stuff that's funny. So some stuff I kind of chuckled at, but most of the time it was like. I don't get what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And then it ended and I'm like, why would a monolith them putting like their video is even their video of them putting up the monolith was like completely different from their show. Like it's, in mm-hmm. the video, it's just a bunch of guys, you know, laughing around. Ha, ha, we're going to get some chicken and we're going to put this monolith in, and they're doing this stupid handshake <laughs> yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. Trying to get the monolith in a car. Like, oh, we didn't think ahead of yeah. we got this 12-foot monolith, but how are we going to get it where we need it to go? Yeah, so, so it's just like, oh, it's just a bunch of bros doing stuff. But the the show, their show is like completely not that at all. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get the idea of what their show is based on that monolith video? Like, it's a completely different style altogether. Mm. I mean... Is, is it like a... Eric Andrade's approach to comedy, like just off the wall. It's 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 definitely off the wall. I mean, there's a talking dishwasher. That's just that's <laughs> all I'm gonna say. Didn't Pee Wee Herman do that 30 years ago? <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> I was I was just I I don't like the fact that this has three million views and that. A lot of these people watching it are probably thinking, oh, these guys were the ones behind the monolith. When mm-hmm. it's no, that's yeah. they just put up one monolith somewhere in Melbourne, Australia. Like, not even it's not like they went 
across the states or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they put it somewhere where, it's, according to the to the articles that I find, it's just somewhere in uh, discreet. Nobody's spotted it yet. Nobody knows where it is. So nobody's even been able to say, oh, I spotted the one in Australia. Yeah, great promotion, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily believe that they did the original two. Like, were there, then did it. Maybe they had some dealings with like the the people that put them there but i don't know especially if it goes so far back into the like google earth's imagery if you're to believe that uh portion of it then it couldn't have been them like they didn't that would have been so many years ago they wouldn't have had the starts of this show with netflix yet <laughs> like it, it doesn't like add they, up they all knew this was gonna happen uh-huh. <laughs> and and they joke about how much the Romanian one sucked. Look <laughs> how ugly it is. I think because of the swirls, and I guess one side of them, maybe of me believing that they had a hand in it, is that they they do claim that they were the ones that did it, and then they also show themselves making another, and they mention that they don't know if they're going to get in trouble for mm-hmm. what they did, like the legal ramifications. So I think that portion of it, may, but maybe that was just for the bit of the of the video of like showing, Oh, maybe we'll get in trouble for doing this. Yeah. I, ultimately, I don't think anyone's going to get in trouble for this. It would be a waste of everybody's time because of it, it does not help society to <laughs> prosecute anybody that put a monolith <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. But I don't know. Before we get into the final parts here, Angel, I just wanted to highlight some of my favorite monoliths that popped up during this craze. This first one here is from Morocco on December 10th, 2020. A monolith was reported in a construction site in Zanata, near Casablanca. Upon investigation, it was determined that the structure was installed by the chemicals and logistics company Top Negosi <laughs> as part of a communication campaign for its new robot, Aya, made in partnership with a Silicon Valley company, and that the robot in question is reportedly trapped inside <laughs> the structure. <laughs> Aya's inside the monolith. <laughs> we gotta go save her. Yeah. It's just oh, crazy. In Italy, this one I think is my favorite. On December 6, 2020, a monolith was found in the town center of Ferrara. Its, its maker sent a note to local journalists claiming it was built by the, <laughs> built by the X-Files character Fox Mulder. <laughs> but in, in the note, they spelled Mulder's last name incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, I don't. I don't understand that one at all. Like, why? Why would a? Why would the X Files character Fox Mulder be in Italy making a monolith, and then like have like exited the show? <laughs> There's so many layers of confusion there. <laughs> oh my it God. doesn't make sense. In California, on December twenty fifth, twenty twenty. A gingerbread monolith appeared at Corona Heights Park in San Francisco. The structure was made of gingerbread with added frosting and gumdrops, and all those supported with plywood collapsed the next day. (laughs) (laughs) And the the last one here in Massachusetts on December 19th, 2020, a monolith was found in Quincy at the quarries. A crop circle was etched in the snow around it. The monolith was stolen less than 24 hours after its appearance. <laughs> so another one of those, it got swiped. Have you, have you watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind? <laughs> the uh, Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A long time ago. 
yeah the, i'm just now thinking about it i'm like this is the same thing where when the ship's there a lot of people are being drawn to it and they're like building the mountain <laughs> the uh, you know um richard in Dreyfus, the mashed potatoes in the mashed potatoes because they're all like getting this message in their brain or something like signal yeah yeah oh my goodness <laughs> what if now hear me out angel what if you put all the monoliths together do you know what the monoliths look like when they are not vertical but horizontal on the ground mm-hmm. they look like keys of a keyboard so just like in encounters of the third kind it's a musical play the music <laughs> you gotta collect all oh the my god we have to, to make them. the monoliths hum mm-hmm <laughs> Or I guess maybe you can play them like a like a triangle, <laughs> just ding them. If we string them all up, they could be like wind chimes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah, that would be a badass wind chime. I'd probably like <laughs> break some windows. How loud would be? Uh, now I want the monolith wind chime. It has to happen. Make it happen, internet. <laughs> uh huh. How about then now the rubric of power for the monolith? Let's jump right on into it, Angel. The lore of the 2020 monolith. Boy, all this talk of the monoliths and and that wind chime thing really brightened up my idea. I really, <laughs> I'm totally gonna change the score on something. But the lore itself, uh, I mean, I don't. There's nothing really. <laughs> it's just they popped up and. I guess because they're so sudden that nobody's really had enough time to like develop any really out there theories and and build up some kind of background to it. Yeah, like all all the theories are just like it could be aliens, and then it's like, well, it it could be aliens, and that's (laughs) like that's all the theory. Like there's nothing beyond that. Yeah. So yeah, this is a one. It was a fun month of monoliths, as I always say. The thing that makes the monoliths neat, I think, is just that they were mysterious and so sudden with so little explained. And then you find out, like, it's just a bunch of copycats and Grandpa Joe and his <laughs> candy shop. Yeah. It, it, it loses its fun once the, you know, uh, corporate portion of the world gets its hands upon it. So, yeah, like you said, it, uh, there's not much out there. It's just it happened. And then, like, <laughs> we processed it and then it went away. So I gave it a... A, a one and a half for lore. How about the properties of the <laughs> monolith? So, the properties. So, I don't really know how to go about. Oh my God, I just had like this weird, like, heart like, dropping moment where I thought I did the wrong <laughs> rubric of power. So, I was like, wait, this is a cryptid, <laughs> not the properties. <laughs> I almost lost my mind. I was like, no, the monolith's not a cryptid. Or is it? <laughs> has an intelligence <laughs> yeah the, the the properties for this one i mean it's made out of sheet metal <laughs> and then I'm th- there's there's a gingerbread one though there's there's one that's actually made out of out of wood there's so many listed this is crazy <laughs> the the funny thing is i don't think there's a single like monolith a true stone single slab monolith is there i don't think there is which is actually why i was having a hard time giving the properties a good score because i'm thinking i mean the properties i could say well how what it's made out of but i could also say 
properties of a monolith and it's like none of these are monoliths <laughs> mm-hmm. but because everyone just went with it you know words are descriptionist not prescriptionist i think that's how it goes so like if everyone's using the one word to mean something and everyone understands what that meaning is and that's what it's gonna yeah. mean sort of like the connotation versus denotation of a word yeah so i mean properties I just said 1.5. There's really, I mean, again, there's no mention of magic powers, no, no mm-hmm. nothing coming out of yeah. them. It's just metal. Yeah. Columbia had a gold-colored one. Ooh. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and damn it, I've said it before. I'll say it right now. They're not cursed. As far as I know, they're not cursed. <laughs> they're not. So that's a plus. But with that being said, I think the funny part is like going so way back to Thutmose the third and his like 455 ton 105 foot long single slab of rock that shit's impressive sheet metal 12 feet high riveted together to me is not impressive <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's being done today so i the properties i gave it a one yeah purpose of the monolith this will be a fun one again the purpose i mean what is the purpose to art <laughs> What is yeah, what art? is art? <laughs> the, the the decay of <laughs> I guess what a lot of things that people have said is that for example there's this one from India a monolith appeared at Symphony Forest Park in Ahmedabad Gujarat one of the panels features etched numbers relating to longitudes and latitudes of wildlife oh, I saw parks. This one. Yeah. Yeah. Wildlife parks in India. The anonymous artist said in an interview that the monolith is shrouded in mystery around the world because people enjoy the mystery of unlocking new ideas and unlocking new thoughts. And this was my contribution to that engagement of thinking. So I think it's interesting that I like that idea that these monoliths are sparking up some kind of conversation about anything mm-hmm. i mean on one hand we can talk about racism because of those those guys mm-hmm. that, you know yeah. on another one we can talk about adhering to the rules like that guy about yeah. pooping at the, at the in the desert it's like and then I'm, we got capitalism with grandpa joe yeah i mean there's so and maddie mo <laughs> and maddie mo we can't you can't leave maddie mo joe and maddie mo <laughs> You know, you have some people, some of the monoliths that have the words not Banksy on them to say that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's, I like Banksy. He's yeah. one of my favorite artists. <laughs> Speaking, uh, by the way, that, that monolith that I talked about, it says it disappeared and there's a met- metallic sphere left in its place. <laughs> yeah, it was, so, that was one of the intriguing parts of that. So and, I just and then, th- I imagine it was just the monolith shrinking down. <laughs> it, yeah, it lost its shape. <laughs> With all that being said, though, I, I mean, I give the, the purpose a 1.5. It's almost like you said, like, what is art? And to <laughs> me, art is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And I think the purpose was to get people excited and intrigued. And I think it worked at first. Yeah. And then, like we said, racists and companies got involved, which makes things not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. And once companies get a hold of something organic like this, it's ruined. So I'm I'm really into professional wrestling. And so here's like anecdotal evidence of like when a company gets a hold of something organic. Mm-hmm. So uh, many years ago, there's a wrestler that debuted. His name is Fandango. And he was like this ballroom dancer. It's like over the top shit. That <laughs> is so stupid, but it's fun. And 
uh, he debuted at WrestleMania against Chris Jericho, and like the crowd went insane for his theme song because it was stupid, and like they the the crowd would like do this little dance thing with their fingers, and they would just dance and hum along with his song as he uh, came down to the ring. There were reports afterwards of the fans going home, like they they just kept doing the the humming his song and and singing and dancing and just having a good time. It was just a fun thing for a group of individuals that liked the same thing to uh, you know get together and have more fun after the show ended. On the next day, they filmed another TV show, Raw, and it continued like the the whole when the show started people were doing the fandango dance and like and singing and everyone was having fun so that goes on for like another week and then they have jerry the king lawler who was one of the announcers like get up with the microphone and say okay everybody let's do the fandango dance and then instantly it's effing ruined like (laughs) once once the corporate thing gets its stranglehold on of like let's do this organic thing right here in this moment it's done yeah it's stupid and it loses its, its fun. And that's what I think happened with the monolith. Like, it got reproduced so many times. It got used for so many different things that it, in my opinion, wasn't intended to be used for. It is no longer, it loses its, its purpose after that. Mm-hmm. So, I think it started off strong and then tra- trailed off. I give it a two and a half for functionality and purpose. So, craftsmanship of the monolith. Again, uh, so, so there were so many of them. Um, uh-huh. They all vary. So one of the things yeah, it had swirls. One had swirls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the things again about the art thing is that what I find uh, delightful is that people are not just copycat um, creating these things. They're they're adding their own little twist to it. They're like, oh, well, I'm not gonna build mine out of pure metal. I'm gonna add you know some designs on them or. I'm going to make mine out of uh, reflective wood. Like what? Okay, sure. Uh, you know, so it's those things that, you know, it's pretty neat that mm-hmm. everyone has to yeah, get individual flair yeah. on each one. I, I said it's adequate too. What I was thinking in, in this category was like, it's an, it's appearance serves its purpose. They, I think overall aren't supposed to be intricate. And that's what makes the monolith like a, a neat enigma. Anyone can make one. It's not like Dan Aykroyd and his claim of crystal skulls taking 500 years to make a single one. So that's cool. And, you know, <laughs> Grandpa Joe's was stolen overnight. And the next day they had a freaking new one. So it's easy to make a monolith. So because of that, because of this monolith, these metal ones, like it's, it doesn't take too, too much. You can have some individual flair on it. I gave it a two adequate, same as you. Finally, the desirability of the monolith. So at first, I did, I mean I don't care about the monoliths. I don't want. You're not you're not gonna trade in. I'm your not gonna trade in my Basano vase. I'm not gonna trade it in. <laughs> oh, no, I'm I think not, you traded away. Did not have the Basano vase. <laughs> I'm not trading in my dodecahedron. I'm not trading in my Baghdad batteries. No. Until There's no currency exchange. Oh. <laughs> until we made up the wind chime idea, and now I <laughs> now you need to collect I, them. <laughs> I I'm giving up all of my previous curiosities curios for this thing for several oh. monoliths to be strung up outside my window <laughs> and, and, and hopefully the winds will bash them so <laughs> they just make this loud clanging noise and then you never sleep again <laughs> not just me but my neighbors <laughs> yeah, yep. 
wake up the owls from the volleyball court. <laughs> I'll, I'll scare the owls out is what I'm going to do. Get rid of the, the stakinis and all the creatures. Nobody's going to want to mess with me anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I can finally so, leave this bunker. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a thought, though. Because now you have a desire to collect monoliths. So did you get the signal in you to activate you to want more monoliths? To Maddie Mo want more monoliths? <laughs> well, I just realized that subconsciously I've been drawing up schematic designs of building one <laughs> while we talked. <laughs> no, no. You've been sketching. I've been like, sketching. Instead of like spirals or whatever <laughs> weird thing. It's, you've been drawing uh, rectangles. <laughs> just, yeah, just open up paint and then the straight line options. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> Is is that a, a plate of mashed potatoes in, her, <laughs> in the form of a monolith next to you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I bumped up this desirability to, to a 2.5. Cool. I mean... I said his name before. This is where Maddie Mo comes in, trying to cash in on the craze. And I, I don't know if they actually sold one at the 45000 price tag. And I hope they didn't. <laughs> but maybe they did. And so many copycats popped up. It was innocent fun in my mind. Like Outside of the people that ruined it, I do think that the monoliths are neat. It's a fun. It was a fun diversion from the pandemic. It yeah. was a neat little story that popped up. I would want a monolith. I think it would be cool to have one. Not uh, not a metal one. I want a true stone hard slab monolith. You got you to <laughs> um, go to Mars for that. <laughs> yeah, I want at least a 10-footer to put somewhere. <laughs> so for the desirability, I gave it a 3. Nice. So what does your score for the monolith add up to? 8.5. You upgraded to a <laughs> computer that people boops. Yeah, I don't need. I don't know. I'm doing this manually anymore. <laughs> uh, what was the score? Eight point five. And mine equals out to a ten. So the Rubric Power Collector's Edition Season Finale Monolith gives us a nine point two five. And the crowd goes wild. Nine point <laughs> more like the crowd goes mild <laughs> for a nine point two five. Well, with a nine point two five, it puts it right above the Baghdad battery. Oh, good job! And right below the Archimedes mirror. I I wonder now. Here's a thought: Could you reflect or shine up a monolith so good, so well, so perfectly? That it like burned down. You can make it, make it. your own Archimedes mirror with a monolith. I think it's plausible. Oh no, we need to go back and rescore. It, we need to, yeah, combine, get all of our curios and combine. See what we can combine. Well, here's another thing: your wind chime monolith. What if they were also shiny? Mm-hmm. Just facing east early morning. You could burn down how many Roman ships coming towards your <laughs> bunker. I'm thinking I'm thinking of making a monolith out of crystal skulls. <laughs> no, that would take at least so a crystal skull takes five hundred years to make. A crystal skull monolith would take at least four thousand years to make. I'm willing to take that time. You know who can do it? The semi-immortal pig peoples, because they are semi-immortal. Yep. It all it all comes back to Hogzilla, <laughs> as I always say in life. 
Let's see, uh, you know, wait for wait wait until season three. We're gonna ha- I'm gonna come up with a hog hog people prayer sign off. <laughs> As your wind chimes chime in the background. <laughs> As like some sort of <laughs> calling to come to the church of the pig peoples. <laughs> it's gonna be like some sort of very Resident Evil style <laughs> village in like Spain or some shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so any last words for the monolith before we push it over and <laughs> put it in a wheelbarrow and say don't crap in the desert? <laughs> It was fun knowing you, Monolith. Your time came and went. It's a shame to to know that it went because of bad actors. But I'm hopeful for other fun things to occur in the future. <laughs> Not Monolith way, related, but... The way you were saying that, I thought it was like a poem that you are presenting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's uh, th- that was some sort of meter there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know what kind. I think with the monolith, it was a, a fun time, a fun way to end out 2020 and welcome in 2021. So goodbye, monolith. Um, we hardly knew you. <laughs> R.I.P. in peace. <laughs> Anything uh, to say about the season in general before we close up shop? Uh, seal, you're in your bunker and don't let you out until season three. You know, looking back, I think it was, I would say this was a fun, successful season. I, you know, I like the incorporating of the cryptids and the curios. Mm-hmm. Um, I just uh, can't wait to see what season three has in store for us. A fun little season of all across the world of all different crazy creatures and items the freaking romans showing up every which way i don't know why that happened how it happened <laughs> it scares me and i don't want to see romans for a good few months until uh you know hopefully never again <laughs> does roman history ever show up in the show i it probably will because they're so tied to everything but we'll see if pliny the elder <laughs> shows up I refuse. It's Pliny. It's always going to be Pliny. (laughs) He's Pliny in my heart. (laughs) So when you're tired of uh, eating them icicles off your roof, you can go onto your computer and check us out on Twitter at Cracking Curios. And you can send us a message with the, you know, hashtag Cracked Cryptids. And maybe, you know, include Carl Shooker in there if you want to ask him a question. Because, uh... He's a cool guy. Kind of kind of want him on the show now. <laughs> and uh, you can also follow us at uh, on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids. And uh, send us an email, crackingcryptidsandcurios at gmail.com. And I'm just going to ignore the fact that I haven't been saying this at all. But if you're listening to us on a, your favorite podcast hosting service or platform make sure to spread the word tell your friends you know we are on amazon we are on podbean we are on spotify google apple other things we didn't put ourselves on we're on there (laughs) (laughs) exactly there really should be a whole other map for the monolith experience except of course it can't really be mapped the states are so nuanced that they slip through the coarse weave
of classification. Still, I hope someone will try. Now's my chance. Angel is gone. I can finally finish my joke. But, eh, it's not that important. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. This isn't a sad song. <laughs>